refreshingly honest, bold and brutally frank. This is Barefaced Stories. For a bunch of uh, young geeky guys, this was like striking gold, really. I mean, (laughs) this sort of seemingly unlimited reservoir of pornography. For a young geeky student of computer science during the early days of the internet, working out how to write a program to share rude things with your mates meant that you were scientific royalty. In a moment, you'll meet James, the porn king of Australia's internet folklore. Before that story, another one from Old Young's head distiller and award-winning maker of handcrafted spirits, James Young. The manifesto on your website is wonderful. Do you know it off by heart? I couldn't do it um, word for word, but I can tell you. Yeah. Get dirty but stay clean. Um, Get silly is a favourite. An argument is not a fight is an absolute favourite. Get off your phone. The one that always people go to is don't be shit. My worry was people would read it as don't be shit. And it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be don't be shit. If you've got a choice between being a good person or a shit person, let's just have a crack at being good. Old Youngs is in Perth's Swan Valley. Interesting stories. Intoxicating spirits. Our barefaced story this week comes from James Panakis. So for a while in the early 90s, I was known as the porn king of the University of Western Australia. (laughs) So the way this this came about was um, I was doing a PhD in computer science at the time and uh, a couple of things happened that that were pretty exciting, actually. (laughs) The the first was that my uh, supervisor uh, got a grant to buy a kick-ass computer for me to use for my research. And, you know, back then, computers were, uh, PCs were, uh, weren't very powerful. So if you wanted to do any sort of serious research, you needed what was called a workstation, which had a big colour screen and let you display, you know, multiple windows at once. You know, a lot like computers are these days. But the thing is that they were really expensive back then. They were like 25 grand. So, you know, having one of these to myself on my desk for me to use was actually a pretty big deal. And because this thing was such a huge uh, monolith of a thing, I decided to give it the name Bison. So the other thing that happened at that time was that uh, Australia got connected to the internet. But, uh, you know, this wasn't the internet that we know now. It was, you know, really slow. So the internet connection to Australia was about, you know, probably about as fast as the connection is to your house. Uh, And the other thing that was different back then was that there was no World Wide Web. So that was probably still a few years off. And if you wanted to actually do anything that, you know, to talk to other machines, you had to type, you know, these text commands. And it was really clunky, really slow and, you know, pretty, pretty boring. And the closest that we had to the discussion forums that we use today uh, was this thing called Usenet, and it was like a bulletin board. If you wanted to communicate with other people, you'd uh, log into these things that are called news groups, and you'd be able to swap messages with them. Uh, and mostly the, the topics, topics of discussion were confined to sort of geeky uh, you know, computer or scientific topics. So I say mostly uh, because one day um, some friends of mine and I were reading this Usenet, these, these news groups, and we discovered that people had worked out a way of posting pictures to them. And uh, not just normal pictures either, but uh, pictures of naked people. <laughs> and in fact, uh, pictures of naked people having sex. <laughs> so, you know, for a, for a bunch of uh, young geeky guys, this was like striking gold, really. I mean, it's like, this sort of seemingly unlimited 
reservoir of pornography. You know, it was just like we just couldn't believe our luck. Uh, but the thing is, it wasn't just a, a simple matter of clicking on a link and having an image pop up on your screen like it is now. In fact, you know, what you had to do, what the, the way they posted these images was they'd, they'd break them up into multiple parts and they'd post them in separate messages. So for us to actually view these pictures meant that we'd actually have to track down each of the individual parts and reassemble them, convert it back to an image, and uh, then it would pop up on your screen. And, you know, compared to the resolution these days, if you looked at it on one of your monitors these days, it would probably be like the size of a postage stamp. But, you know, for us back then, it was like, oh, wow, you know, this is just the best thing ever. <laughs> so, you know, after going to this effort for a while, it sort of occurred to me that, you know, this is taking a long time, so you know, this is the sort of job that would be much better done by a computer. So, you know, since I was a postgrad at the time, which basically means you've got lots of time to do pointless tasks and, you know, little things of your own that, are interested, that you're interested in yourself, I decided to write a computer program to go out and download all of these parts of the pictures and reassemble them and produce these images. So it took me a couple of months to do this. And uh, <laughs> I... I actually remember that my girlfriend at the time was a little bit concerned that I was spending this much time on writing a program to download pornography. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, I tried to convince her it was purely because of the, uh, um, the, the challenges, technical challenges involved, but she, never, she didn't really quite believe me. <laughs> anyway, so I wrote this program and it was great. It connected to the internet and it starts downloading hundreds of these images and you know, everything's going well. And then, you know, being the community-minded kind of guy that I am, I thought, well, you know, it'd be really good to share this with all these other people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's such a hassle to go to, to, to go to to download these pictures. It'd be really good if people had an easy way of accessing them. So I decided to, to run a server on my machine and put these images there so that people could connect and start downloading them. It's just, you know, just what anyone would, would do. Just, you know, you like to share these things. So, yeah, this was all humming away quite nicely. I had my program downloading the pictures. I had the server running, it's sharing them. There's people logging in from all around the world. And, you know, all just sort of humming away in the background. And then one day I come into uni and I sit down to actually do a little bit of work because occasionally I did that. And, um, and I noticed that my computer just, you know, couldn't connect to any other computers in the, in the world. So I had a look and I couldn't work out what was wrong. So... After a while, I went and spoke to us. I went upstairs and spoke to our system administrator, and he tries the, the internet on his machine, and it's working fine. And uh, so he comes down, and he's rummaging around, you know, looking at my computer, checking the internet connections. Everything seems to be working. And while he's doing this, my uh, PhD supervisor comes into the office with this very strange look on his face. And so I looked at him and said, "What, well, you know? Hey, what's up?" And he said, uh, "Actually, I've just had a phone call from uh, the head of department." who's had a phone call from the vice-chancellor of the university, who's had a phone call from the guy who runs the internet co connection to the rest of the world. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, for some reason, the uh, internet connection had ground to a halt. <laughs> and, um, when, when they investigated it further, they found that uh, traffic to and from this machine called Bison in Western Australia <laughs> was uh, taking up 93% of the capacity of the air. So, <laughs> so, so my supervisor, who was only about three or four years older than me, he was trying hard not to laugh when he was telling me this. But uh, <laughs> because the machine was actually bought with his grant money, 
it was his ass that was on the line. So uh, he sort of gave me a bit of a half-hearted bollocking, and uh, unfortunately I had, I had to disable the uh, porn server on my machine. Um, but nevertheless, uh, this, the bison incident, as it was come, we came to know it, was uh, actually part of internet, Australian internet folklore, which I always thought was pretty cool. Uh, and for a while there, I was actually the porn king of the University of Western Australia. <laughs> Next week, there's nothing better than going to the beach on a nice day with your dog. I'm just there with Boris and I'm thinking, Boris, what have you done? Except when you're not really a dog person and don't really know whose dogs you're with. Paul Ryan on next week's episode of Bareface Stories. The music heard on our podcast is done by Odette Mercy and her soul, Atomics. Producers are Amber Cunningham and Katie McAllister. A big thanks to our sponsors, Old Young's. My name's Andrew Gibbs. Catch you next week. Brings me deep just to see this way, but baby, you ain't got nothing to say.